What's up, 5979? We are in our series, Pillars of the Faith. Pillars of the Faith, and I am doing the third week. Who remembers what we talked about the first week? Yell it out, yell it out. Jesus, Jesus right? How, how he's either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord, right? And I, I hope that we all came to the conclusion that he is Lord, right? That he is Lord. Now, who remembers what we talked about the second week? Yell it out. Friendship, yeah, you're on the right track, yes. We talked about prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. And P.S. gave a little challenge at the end to, you know, it was connected to the handout, and he gave you a little challenge to go through uh, every day and really get in touch with God and to check it off, right? We get this little checklist. So this week, we're going to be talking about worship and communion. Worship and communion. Now, a lot of times, people don't really understand what these things are, right? And it can be hard to do something that you don't understand. So we're going to get into that tonight. But before we get into that, do you guys ever, like, just people watch? You guys ever do that? Never? Okay, I'm the, I'm the weird one. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm not the only one. People watch, okay? You just watch people because people do weird stuff sometimes, right? My favorite thing to see, all right, is when someone's walking and they trip over, like, something imaginary that isn't there, but they just keep walking like no one saw them. You know, they're just walking, they're like. And they just keep walking. I'm like, yo, I saw you, okay? You think no one saw you, but I saw you. And so I also have this habit when it comes to worship, all right? Because I got to be honest, we make some weird faces when we're worshiping, okay? We make some weird faces, okay? And I'm right there with you. But I want to go through some of those faces, all right? You know, one, uh, one that a lot of us do is like the pain face. You know, worshiping, we're, we're, <laughs> we just look like we're in pain. Another one is the I don't want to be here. All right, some of you guys were doing that tonight. Ooh. <laughs> Another one is the, the worship leader told me to raise my hands. The, it's like a combination of the I don't want to be here and you got to raise your hands. Or you just... All right, another one, uh, this is one that my fiance does. It's the, the head shaker, you know. You're up here. Yeah, you're worshiping. It's like a combination of the pain face, but you're shaking your head as well, right? So you're like, <laughs> she does that all the time, and I kind of chuckle. <laughs> but another one is the I don't know the words. So you have the heart. You really want to worship, and you're trying to get into it, but you, you have to keep looking at the words. So you're like, you're saying, you know, the cross has the way. The cross has the Right? So you try to get into it, but you need to remember the words, all right? And this one is my, my favorite one, okay? I saw this. I was looking at some camp video, all right? And I, I saw this face specifically, okay? This is the, I just noticed that the camera is on me, right? So you're worshiping, and you're kind of like, you know, half worshiping, and then you're like. <laughs> right? You see the camera, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Someone's watching. I got to look good, you know? And I got to tell you guys, I've done all of these faces, all right? I've done all of them, and it's just okay, you know? We're worshiping. It's all right. We make funny faces, but it's okay because we're praising 
God, right? And worship can be awkward at times, right? Especially when you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it. So, that, so today, we're going to talk about three common ways that we worship, all right? Three common ways that we worship, what they mean and why we do it. All right, so the first one, well, the three are right there, singing, raising your hands, and communion, all right? So the first one is singing, right? Now, uh, where, where, where are my good singers out here? Where are my, where are my good singers at? All right, I'm seeing, seeing a lot of hands. All right, okay. Well, I raise my hand as well because I think I'm a good singer, you know, I think so. Sometimes I'm singing in the car and I'm like, man, I sound good. I sound really good. And I'm like, you know what? Let me record this, right? Because <laughs> that, that's the real test. If you play it back and it still sounds good, so, you know, you kind of record it and then I hear it and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Didn't sound as good as I thought. But I still sing anyway. I still sing anyway. And I want to ask that question tonight. Why do we find it hard to sing in worship? Why do we find it hard to sing in worship? I'm going to take some responses. Give me, give me like verbal responses. Yell it out. Why do you find it hard to worship? It's embarrassing. Embarrassing? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, all right. We'll put that in with embarrassing. <laughs> what else? Yes, Ms. Nett. Had a hard day. That's a good one. Anyone else? Yeah. Don't know the words. That's a good one. Go ahead. You had what? A bad hair day? <laughs> I never have to worry about that, so. All right, we're going to move on. So I came up with some of the same reasons you guys did, all right? Reasons why we don't sing. I'm not a good singer. I don't know the words. It's not my kind of music. I don't feel like it. All of these are reasons why, you know, we don't sing. But if you look at these reasons, all of them are pretty self-centered, right? They're all about us. They're all about us not wanting to be embarrassed or us not knowing the words or whatever it is. It's about us. It's self-centered. And I remember last year, we talked about worship during the basic series, and this is one of the quotes that we said was, worship isn't about you, but it's for you. Worship isn't about you, but it's for you. All right, when you choose not to worship, and listen, I'm talking, I'm talking to the people who know what worship is. I'm not saying, like, if you're kind of new to this and you're like, oh, I just don't know what to do during worship, this is what this sermon is about, all right? But if for those of us who know what worship is, we know what we're doing, when we choose not to worship, we're only hurting ourselves, right? Me, Pastor Stefan, Pastor Tony, Pastor Leo, we, we want to see you guys worship, right? We want to see you get in and, and uh, really get into God's presence. But ultimately, you're hurting yourself, right? You're the one that's missing out when you don't worship. Now, the reasons why we do sing could be a, a whole bunch of different reasons. But I want to hear from you guys. Why do you sing during worship? Go ahead. To praise God. Go ahead, Caleb. Why'd you... <laughs> Okay, that's good. You don't care. You don't care who hears you. You just want to sing. That's good. Yell it out. Be vulnerable before the Lord. That's a good one. One more. 
so you don't stand out. That is true. So you don't, you don't have the, you know, I don't want to be here face. You just, because that's easily noticeable. That's noticeable. <laughs> I was going to say easily noticeably. Doesn't make sense. But, so here are some reasons why we do sing, right? Because God deserves it. Because we've been set free. Because God's given me joy. Or just because you love Jesus. Now, sometimes the reasons why we're singing aren't that good either, right? Maybe we just think we're a good singer, right? We want other people to hear us and be like, oh, was that you? Oh, you should, you should talk to Pastor Leo. You should, you should try out, you know? So whether we sing or not, we have to make sure that our hearts are in the right place, right? The reason why we're singing is to give glory to God. In Psalms 71, verse 23, it says, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. I whom you have delivered, right? So when I sing, I'm I'm just thinking about all the things God has delivered me from, how he's changed me, how he's affected my life. And, you know, be honest, there are days that I don't want to sing. I'm just like, oh, man, I don't want to sing right now. You know, I don't feel like it. Or, you know, sometimes I hear myself and I'm like, ooh, ooh, let me take it down a few notes or something. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sing anyway because God saved me. And I want to... I want to give him praise, all right? It doesn't matter uh, what I think, because worship is not about you, but it's for you. Say that with me. Worship is not about you, but it's for you. You see, when we sing, we declare God's promises over our lives. I love that one song, you know, we, we just started singing it called Waymaker, right? When we're singing those words, Every time I'm singing, I'm like, I'm declaring these things over my life. And I'm saying who God is. I'm saying he's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. I'm saying he can make a way in my life. He can make a miracle in my life. He, he will keep his promises, right? That's why we sing these things, because we're speaking life over ourselves. We're speaking scripture. We're speaking God's promises over us, right? Because the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. That means we got to sing out loud, right? We got to speak those things over us. We got to sing those things over us. And it can be awkward. It can. I'll give you that. But we should do it anyway. We should push through anyway because God deserves it, right? Because God deserves it. Now, when we sing, there are other things that we're doing along with singing, right, that we do physically, right? So we're going to get into one of those things, and that is raising our hands, right? Raising our hands. So I have a story about that. I was at a youth camp once, and uh, me and another leader, he was my friend, his name was Orlando, okay? And he was kind of, you know, he was free in worship, so he just, you know, he's real big with it, you know? So he was kind of just waving his hands everywhere, and sometimes it can get a little hazardous, you know, when you're around someone like that. So Orlando's standing next to me, we're in worship, we're having fun, and he's kind of swinging, and I just see a hand outside of my eye, just, and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm still trying to, yeah, and the hand again, I'm like, oh, whoa, hold on. Third time, boom, hits my glasses, I like catch him in midair, and I'm like, this time I'm mad. So I put my glasses back on, I'm like, Orlando, you just hit me in the face. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. So the whole rest of worship, I'm just like this. 
just like staring at him because I was so mad that this dude hit me in the face. All right, so raising hands can be awkward at times, right? It can be awkward at times. But let's get into what that means, all right? What raising our hands means. Now, one of the things that it can mean is surrender, all right? Surrender. In Psalms 28, verse 2, it says, Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy. When I cry to you for help, when I lift, my, when I lift up my hands toward the most holy sanctuary, right? So sometimes, let's go back to the worship faces, you know. Sometimes you see people raising their hands and they got the pain face, you know, so they're, right? They're surrendering, you know. They could be surrendering to God. They're, you know, they're praying like, God, I just give it all to you. Like, I'm surrendering this to you. And that's what they're doing. Another thing they could be doing is receiving, all right? So think about like, like football, you know, uh, when you raise your hands, you go to receive something, right? Well, let me, let me show you an example of, of receiving. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't receive that. I'm sorry. That's when the Falcons lost. That was, he, he did it wrong. He did it wrong. He had his hands up, but he didn't receive it. That was, Wow. He had his hands up, though. He had his hands up. Look, look, look. Oh, I'm sorry, Falcons fans. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? Here, here's the real, I'm sorry. The, let's, what's the real example? Go, go to the next one. There it is. Here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, receive, receive, receive. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that was the wrong, that was the wrong one. Show the, show the, the, the go to the next one. Go to the next one. Oh, what? Are those the Eagles? Oh, the Super Bowl champs. Okay. Hands up. Reception. There it is, people. There it is. So think about football, right? You're raising your hands up to receive something. You know, what the Falcons tried to do what Tom Brady tried to do, what Nick Foles, Super Bowl champion, did, all right? He raised his hands up, and he received, all right? So when people are raising their hands, that could be one of the things they're doing during worship, is receiving whatever God has to give for them in that moment. Now, speaking of football, another reason why we raise our hands is because we're excited, right? Excitement. In Psalms 134, verse 2, it says, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Now, I can tell you guys, I'm, I get excited when I get into worship. You know, I was, I was in here uh, on Thursday, and I was getting ready because I spoke uh, uh, to the college and career age, and I was getting ready, right? So I was down here, I was listening to worship music, and I kind of just got excited. I was like, started pacing like faster, and I was like, okay, 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 and like, I started playing, like, do you guys know that song by KB, Not Today, Satan? I played that song, like, super loud, and I was literally in here by myself. When I tell you I'm by, I, like, there's no one in here, okay? The lights are down. I'm just like, not today, Satan. Like, jumping around because I was so excited about what God was going to do. All right? I was so excited. And listen, worship isn't always, like, this public 
thing, okay? We're not, when we talk about worship, we're not talking about, you know, we are talking about the stage and being here, but you can also worship by yourself, all right? Some of my most powerful moments of worship were when I was just by myself. Like that Thursday night, I was, it was such an amazing time in the presence of God, and no one else was there. I was doing crazy stuff. No, no, no one was looking at me, so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. And so just remember that. You can worship wherever you are. And the last thing that raising your hands could mean is a pick-me-up, right? So what does a child do when it wants to be picked up? Raises his hands, right? And then someone swoops in and picks them up, all right? And so for this, we could be talking to our Heavenly Father, right, to pick us up, right? This is about a closeness, an intimacy with God, all right? So those are the four things that raising your hands could be about. So when you see us raising our hands, just think about those four things. Don't be like, oh, what are they doing? They could be surrendering. They could just be showing excitement. They could be receiving, or they could be just asking their Heavenly Father to pick them up. All right, now, listening your hands, it's not, you know, this weird mystical thing like, you know, worship faces. But there's a reason why we do it, right? There's a reason why we sing. And this last thing we're going to talk about is communion, right? Communion. Now, this one is a little bit, this one could be confusing. You know, I grew up in church, and I just thought, you know, whenever we did communion, I was like, oh, we're getting crackers and, and some juice. You know, it just made me think like, oh, snack time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had no idea. And so I kind of just never questioned what it was. And so when I became of age and I, you know, made my own decision to follow God, I was like, I still kind of didn't question it. But just like you guys, I was in a sermon like that, and they started talking about what communion was, and I really started realizing, okay, communion is about this. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 24, 23 to 24, it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Right, so when we, when we talk about the bread, when we talk about the wine, the bread is talking about Jesus, right? When he went to the cross, when he got whipped, when he got uh, nailed to the cross, his body was broken, right? His body was broken. And the wine, or the grape juice, is symbolizing his blood that was poured out for us as a sacrifice, right? Because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. And because of him, we can have a relationship with God. That is why we're doing it. We're not just, it's not just snack time, all right? You know, sometimes the crackers taste really good and the juice just hits the spot, but it's not about that. We're doing it in remembrance of, in remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice, or remembering that time. Now, communion is also a time of self-examination, of self-examination, right? It's a time to check your heart, like, where am I right now? Am I still following God? Am I in line with God? 
where is my heart in this moment? And in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28 through 30, it says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. And this is where it changed for me, right? Because now I'm realizing, okay, man, this communion, this is about remembering the sacrifice of God. Communion, it's about taking uh, stock of myself, you know, looking at myself. And in the college and career ministry, we're doing uh, this series called Dangerous Prayers, and one of them is called Search Me, right? So in this, in this time of self-examination where we're asking God, you know, search me, God, is there anything in my life that's not in alignment with you? Is there anything I need to get out of my life? And so that's when I really started personalizing. I, I would I'd pray God, like, man, what, what is it that is not in line with you? And he's faithful to tell me, right? We may not want to hear it, but he's faithful to bring it up, be like, uh, you yelled at your mom last night. Now you're acting all perfect in church. You need to do something about that. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I mean, I never yell at my mom because she would have, boom. But that's an example. <laughs> and so every time I take communion, I, I think about the sacrifice Jesus made, right? Because he went through unimaginable pain. Like, we read these stories and we're like, okay, that was cool. Yeah, he died for us. But do you realize, like, how much he did? How much he went through? Like, he was mocked. He got whipped. He got beat up. He had to carry a cross. Then he was nailed to that cross and hung there. Never take communion without thinking through that, without taking, remembering that sacrifice, and then seeing where you are at yourself, being like, Jesus, what can I do? What can I do? Like, bring me back to you if I've strayed. His blood was poured out for us, meaning he, he, he literally sacrificed himself for us.